Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two of a numbers game right here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, however you're taking us in. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Jason Kahn is here as well. Uh, updating, Arena Sabalenka beats Anjabur in straight sets. So for those who uh, had uh, Drew's 55-1 to shot on Anjabur, she gave it a run. She had herself a great tournament. Um, beats Muguruza, beats Sviatek, but cannot get to the semis. Arena Sabalenka takes her down in straight sets at Wimbledon. Kerber looking good, though. Uh, have her over Mukova. Uh, again, Dan Weston and I, we look at some of the same numbers, but he loved Mukova, and I loved Kerber in, in this. I thought it was appropriately priced, or just a little bit of an edge on Kerber and played that and uh, Pliskova this morning. So two out of three ain't bad. I had Jabour, though, in this match. And uh, as a dog, and it did not work out. All three favorites look like they're getting home in their early going of the women's quarters. Let's bring uh, Mark Borchard back to continue our Q2 derivatives stuff here. Let's go to the uh, first five. Big shout out to uh, to Joe Osborne over there at uh, Odd Shark for putting these together. He updates these uh, pretty frequently. The most profitable first five teams. And we can flash up this graphic here, Jason, for betters. Again, if, this is a bizarro exercise, Mark, where if you bet these teams every single game of the year, and by the way, these are updated through yesterday morning. So, like, the Giants had a push through five yesterday before uh, before poor Kevin Gaussman's no-hit. <laughs> he was no-hitting them, no-hitting the Cardinals through six, and then I said something on primetime action. We said something, and then we just completely jinxed it. But uh, the Giants, Astros, and White Sox. 
Best first five teams for betters if you bet them blindly in a bizarro exercise this year. Giants, you'd be up almost 16 units. Uh, Astros, you'd be up over 12 units. White Sox, you'd be up 11 and a half units betting those teams' first five. Um, not the most surprising, although the Giants are, right? I guess if we're going back to the beginning of the season, maybe not to me because I, I really like the Giants to make the playoffs, and I let the hate wash over me when I said that. But I think most people would consider the Giants a shock there. It's the bottom three that's always fascinating. D-backs picking up the rear. Okay, 18 units in the red if on first five, two. They're terrible every which way. Pirates down 15-plus units first five this year. How about the Tribe? Down 14.26 units, bottom three. Would that have surprised you? That That is surprising, Gil. If you look at their uh, sabermetric stats, though, in the first five innings, they're like, I don't know, 25th and hitting uh, in the first five. And then they're like, the pitching was really surprising. They're like 23rd in, in, uh, in fielding independent uh, in the first five innings. So, that's a that's a really interesting number. Almost like, hey, you know, wait on the wait on the tribe and then bet them late and live betting. So that that, that is interesting to me, Gil. Yeah. Um. Again, especially with Savali doing so well, as we just talked about, imagine how bad they must be beyond him in first five betting this year. So again, how much of this is predictive and how much of this is narrative? You wouldn't expect the tribe to continue to be that bad first five, would you? No. I don't know. You know, it's one of those things where you know Cleveland their bullpen is so strong. So, you know, I don't know. I think if you bet them, maybe that's the way to bet them is to, is to wait, you know, till the games in the fourth or fifth inning and then live bet them uh, because of their bullpen. All right. These are proprietary stats. You'll only get this here on a numbers game at Visa and the sports betting network. This is first inning pitchers, first inning pitcher performance confined to just the first inning itself uh, opponent on base average. I could do batting average. I could do slugging percentage. I'm going to go with on base average for uh, opponents. Uh, minimum 55 plate appearances against. Who do you think the worst? Uh, there's no way. I'll give you 100 guesses. You won't come up with this. Worst pitcher in baseball first inning. Brad Keller. A 485 opponents on base percentage. Patrick Corbin, 450. Garrett Richards, 448. Dane Dunning, who we've mentioned, 443. Uh, Dean Kramer, 439. Shohei Otani, by the way, for those wondering, seventh worst first inning pitcher in on base at 435. It should be noted that his batting average against is not that bad. It's just all those walks that he gives up. You know, 227 batting average is pretty good, but a 435 on base, seventh worst, worst first inning pitcher in baseball this year. Carlos Martinez is ninth worst. No surprise there. Nick Pavetta, 10th. By the way, the single best, Mike Miner. 188 on base against you, Darvish, 203 against Walker Bueller, 213 against Lance Lynn, 214 against, and Max Scherzer, 228 against. Hmm, interesting. I don't know if there's anything uh, surprising there before you give me an answer as to whether you find any of that surprising. Let me remind everybody it's Gil Alexander and Mark Borchard, base winner, right here on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Anything uh, surprising there on either end? No, not really. I mean, where, where does uh, uh, DeGrom where does he he land? Do you have that by any chance? That is a good question. I would I would have I'm surprised he's not in there. Hmm, let's see here. Maybe it's because it's 55 plate appearances again. What if I lower that? Let me lower that. Let me throw it in the old database here. If I lower it to to minimum plate appearances against, it's a great question because I can't find DeGrom offhand. I would have thought he would have had 55. 
Maybe I'm just not seeing his name. Let's see what happens here when I reset. By the way, uh, Trevor Bauer is is one of the top 10 best in terms of first inning performance. I don't know if we'll ever see Trevor Bauer again or not, but I can't find DeGrom in all of this. So, and, sorry to put you on the spot, Gil. I was just saying, because I know he's right. been good in Oh, the first, here it is. So first. I lowered, here it is, and there's your answer. So I lowered it from 55 minimum plate appearances against to 45 randomly. He is the single best. So that was the problem. Uh, 109 on base against. Oh, my God. He's, like, way better than anybody. I probably went too high on the plate appearances. So DeGrom is the best in every category. A 0.89 batting average against, a 109 on base against, and a 222 slugging against in the first innings. Ridiculous. Yeah, he's probably not going to hit that plate appearance threshold because he's going one, two, three every time. Yeah, out. that's that's, that's the problem. That's the problem. No, thank you for asking me that. And then it and then it's Vincent Velasquez, uh, Vincent Velasquez, and then it's the guys I mentioned: Mike Miner, you Darvish, Dylan Bundy ends up in there as one of the best. When I lower the plate appearances, Walker Bueller, Lance Lynn, Max Scherzer, and so on. So there you go, Jacob Degrom, by far the best. No surprise there. Uh, anyway, that's interesting, folks. Carlos Rodon is a top 20 guy first inning. He's uh, next in the uh, NL, excuse me, he's he's second to, I should say, Garrett Cole in the AL Cy Young market. And I don't think Garrett Cole should be anywhere near the top of that, as we've talked about. All right, picks today, Mark, before we let you go, what do you got? Well, I think it's a pretty good card today. I'm going to start off with the, the Philadelphia-Chicago game. And I really like the Phillies here. I got it priced at minus 156. And uh, I'm super high on Aaron Nola. He's a 94 percentile guy in that three metric chart that takes swinging strike percentage, hard hit per nine and expected walk rate. And then conversely, Arietta is a 10 percent uh, pitcher by that chart. And, you know, the, the Phillies bullpen is really tough to watch. I will give everybody that. And they were really hard to watch the other night uh, as they melted down. And then they, they ended up coming back and, and winning that game. But if you look at that three metric chart over the last 30 days, they are 11th in baseball. So they're not as awful as, as you would think by watching some of their games. And then uh, the Cubs are 18th in that three metric chart. So for all those reasons, I like the, uh, I like the Phillies here at, uh, it's about minus 135 right now, Gil. And you won't go broke fading Jake Arietta, will you? Yeah, you know, I've never liked Arietta. It's so funny that you asked that. I've never liked Arietta. When he, even when he won the Cy Young, and I kept betting against him, oh, there's going to be re- regression. There's going to be regression. And there never uh, was that year. But then he, you know, I think I got my money back over the last few years. But, there, uh, there was that stretch there where Arietta was a Cy Young award winner. Was it the next year where DeGrom was kind of an unknown? There was that one stretch of baseball that you could just pound Arietta and DeGrom at prices that were just phenomenal. Like the market didn't catch up nearly quickly enough. So you're on the Phillies minus 135 ish on the road there against the Cubs. Anything else? Cause Rodon is in action. The aforementioned Carlos Rodon, the aforementioned Jacob DeGrom is in action. Where else are you going here on this late? There's, there's some good, it's a pretty good card actually. So for my second game, I'm going to go with the Yankees out West in Seattle. We get a chance to bet on the third luckiest team in baseball. And uh, I really like the matchup though tonight. Uh, Tyon, I have it a 69 percentile in that three metric chart and Sheffield. I have it at 11 percentile, you know, Gil, I have this game priced at the Yankees minus 246, and, uh, it's about minus 150 right now. I think this is a really good opportunity uh, to lay a little bit of wood with the Yankees. Uh, one of the things about Tyon is those last three starts have been all over 75% by that three metric chart. And then Sheffield, his last three starts, he's had two that have been below 10%. I think this is a great opportunity. Um, 
Uh, this 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 one I'm chopping at the bit to bet to to bet the Yankees. So today for the Phillies and the Yankees, Gil. Phillies and the Yankees, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Borchard from an undisclosed location somewhere in the desert at Base Winner, the Base Winner Podcast. Thank you, Mark. Always appreciate it. Enjoy your vacation. Thanks, Gil. My pleasure. Mark Borchard, everybody. Uh, let's talk basketball. Can you throw up that John Ewing tweet? Uh, real quick, as we transition to Dan Bresper's with the uh, greatest audio in the business, John Ewing, who uh, is over there at uh, BetMGM, updated and uh, updated NBA playoff betting recap favorites for those interested in these kinds of things, uh, running at fifty eight percent road favorites in particular, running well this playoffs at sixty four percent ATS money line favorites have basically broken even straight up overs forty three forty one and one nothing to see here. Uh, from uh, John Ewing necessarily, but some people might be into it. Most profitable teams, no surprise that it was the Suns at the top, 11-5 and five ATS. Oh, the Nets got in there, 8-4 and four ATS, and that's the Bucks, of course, the Suns' opponent in the finals at 10-7 and seven ATS, that per Bet Labs. We bring in Dan Bespers, ladies and gentlemen, from the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. He is the assistant GM at Hoop Ball. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Bespers. That's B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Dan, I apologize for getting you in late today. I am A-OK, Gil. Good morning to you. Uh, good morning to you. And I'm, you're, the reason you're A-OK, I'm guessing, is because what is there to say, for goodness sake, about this? Uh, we still don't know. Again, doubtful. That's the uh, designation for Giannis at this point. And again, I was talking to Drew uh, Dinsick about it earlier. OK, maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. Even if he does play, how diminished will he be? There's got to be a pitch count. You would think from a hyperextension. And this isn't like the Kawhi thing where we didn't really see the injury or the Trey Young thing where we saw the injury, but we're like, it can't be that bad, can it? When on the hop back out of bounds, this was, oh my God, how is he still structurally okay kind of hyperextension? And they say a hyperextension sort of plays like a bad bruise that takes time, period, to recover from. And the the, the normal medical time, he wouldn't be playing in the, you know, if you're, if you're a mere mortal, you're not playing in an NBA Finals, you would take your sweet time coming back from something like this. So I don't know. What's your gut tell you about his return? I don't think he's playing tonight if we're going to go just gut. I, I, you, you do have to do it a little bit of a game-by-game thing, I think, with stuff like this. I, I felt that way about Trey in the last round where you kind of knew he was going to at least give it a go when they were facing elimination. So I don't, I don't think we see Giannis at the beginning of this series, uh, maybe not in Phoenix. If I'm Giannis, I'm probably targeting trying to get back for a Bucks home game with an opportunity to kind of see how the series is playing, what the Suns are doing defensively, offensively. There, there's an opportunity to study the series even when you're out. Um, this, you know, it's funny, too, because if, if Giannis was in and if both of these teams were healthy, I'd have been looking at the series as a great opportunity to hop in on Phoenix. But things have swung a, a pretty good deal with the, the, the coverage that the series has gotten and, and certainly Giannis's value to it. I kind of like the Bucks right now. Am I insane? Uh, you might be. You might be clinically insane. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's funny. Carl Sack, who I've had on the show um, several times, he's been in studio. He's Dr. Bob's NBA guy. He is usually a totals better. And as my, you know, as I got into with my discussion with him a couple weeks ago, he doesn't often go sides. But he is sort of reading the tea leaves. I don't think he'll mind that I do this during the NBA Finals because it's already out there. But it's he—he he likes the Bucks. He's giving up the. He's laying the points on the Bucks today. He's—he's he's sort of like, and I, I haven't talked to him, but I assume he's just reading the tea leaves and thinking there's not going to be Giannis tonight. Uh, sort of what you said at the beginning. But he, he, to him, that's enough for him to lay the points. 
So based on that, maybe you are insane. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There's different opinions on this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Is is here's what I do know. If you have that conviction on the Bucks, do you and you want to play them plus six? That's fine. But like on a series, you should wait beyond yeah. this game yeah. for sure. Yeah, and we've seen unfortunately too much of this in these playoffs where you have no idea who's going to play and when. I think. The last time we talked to you, we talked about uh, Western Conference Finals chicken, which was which injured player might actually return at some point in this series. You can't bet a series price when you have no idea which wild direction uh, an injury might go. And I get it. Someone might say, Dan, anyone can get injured at any time, but it's different when you're trying to guess who's coming back from injury, not who might actually go down with one. One thing that I have liked about the Bucks, and I know the Suns are going to be extraordinarily well prepared for this series, so I don't want to discount any of that, but we have seen Milwaukee stick to a game plan better with Giannis out than when he's in. And Gil, you and I have talked about how the Bucks are really untrustworthy a lot of the time because they don't stick to their game plan, because they don't make those adjustments. Yeah. And it's weird to say that some of that might fall on Giannis, but what we're seeing here is that some of that, some, not a lot, not all, falls on Giannis at times because without him, they realize, I think, as a team, they have no choice but to stick to their game plan for 48 minutes and not just start doing whatever, which is what we saw. And my memory, everyone will have to forgive me, but I believe it was the Brooklyn game where they got out to this big lead. They were moving the basketball. They were running Giannis off ball. Was that game four or five in that series? I think it was four. Yeah. Uh, and then they, then they fell apart. Uh, in the second half, they just let guys start going ISO and doing whatever they wanted, and Brooklyn came back and beat them. And I did say after game five of the Hawks Bucks series when Giannis wasn't playing, I was like, oh, so this is what the Bucks would look like if everybody was, you know, playing their actual position. You know, it's one of those things where it's like basketball's funny like that. You get a superstar, and it's justifiable. Look, Giannis is Giannis. He's phenomenal, right? Two-time MVP. You're going to let him do what, what he does best and, and let that dictate your team. But it it is curious to see it with them without them and like oh so Brook Lopez would be like a you know a traditional center this is how it would go uh, do you have any play on a series correct score or or a series spread anything like that or would you sit out of those markets Yeah unfortunately I'm sitting out of those two which I know is not at all exciting I'm I'm on a sports wagering show and I have no 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 on no series. I think I think that honesty is everything right if you're not betting something that's just as valuable. Let's go to let's go to MVP though because I think this is worth talking about because there is the sentimental guy in Chris Paul, right? Chris Paul who probably should have been more a part of the regular season MVP conversation than he really was because literally speaking, you could make a case that he was in fact the most valuable player uh having taken a you know, a, a journeyman kind of franchise, if you will, a middling franchise in the Suns and elevating them with his sheer presence. So there's going to be voters who might want to bend over backwards, not only because of that, right, the sort of makeup call from the regular season MVP, him not getting that or him not being considered for that. Uh, the fact that it's the Chris Paul 16th year in the NBA and he's finally gone to the finals. So he's appropriately priced as a short shot at plus 150. And if the Suns win, you would think all other things being equal, it would go to Chris Paul. But they got Devin Booker who could fill it up. He's appropriate at plus 250. And then you got Drew at 11 to 1. 
Uh, Lopez at 66 to 1 and on down the line. Oh, excuse me. Oh, uh, sorry, I went over the Bucks for a second. Pardon me. Uh, Booker at plus 250. Let's go with just the Suns at this point. Uh, Mikhail Bridges. One, I mean, everybody else is like triple digits on the Suns. It's the Bucks where I think it gets interesting. Giannis, yes, he should be the short shot because you, you got to figure if the Bucks win this, it will because Giannis will return. And if, and if you figure it that way, isn't the Giannis MVP vote at plus 450 a good proxy for betting the Bucks? period? Oh, yes. And by the way, can we pause for a minute and just have a nice chuckle that Javon Carter is on the list yes. at plus yes. <laughs> yes. 150 to 1? Javon Carter can be had for 150 to 1. I would need two more zeros to play that. Yeah, I was going to say, how much money do you think books are taking on Javon Carter at 150 to 1? But you know what? I'm guessing not if, a great deal, which he, isn't nice. If he He's, somehow had a game in like game one where he dropped 25 off the bench, right? People would be like, oh, there's a $10 better who has a bet on I mean, somebody is betting it. <laughs> somebody is, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Javon Carter. That wasn't meant to pick on him. It's just, you know, Javon, some of these names Javon are. Javon Carter, who played at West Virginia for about 16 years, I believe it was. Yeah, that's that. not that, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I agree with you. And and certainly you could make arguments for other bucks as well. I know you mentioned Drew Holiday at 11 to one Middleton at five to one. If you think the bucks have any shot to win the series, which does still frighten me a little bit, because I, I know I said I like the bucks, but Giannis is going to have to come back at some point. As much as I like that, they stick to their game plan without him. They're not winning this series without him. Uh, Middleton, Drew, Giannis, any one of those names actually makes a ton of sense as a, a a proxy or as an alternate uh, option to betting the bucks in the series. Um, it, it probably, you probably lean Giannis or Middleton. Um, although with drew, you have this other angle where maybe someone argues, Hey, did he shut down someone on the other team? Is that a, a factor? Is he going to be on Devin Booker? Is he going to be on Chris Paul in this series? So there's a lot of things that you have to sort of kick around in your head on that front. Yeah, let, let me ask I, you one like, last one. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish, your, finish your thought. No, apologies. I was just going to say, if, if you think Giannis is coming back as early as game three, which I do still think is a possibility, then that one does make a lot of sense. The worry there, of course, is he's not back by game three, and then it'd be almost impossible to give it to him. Giannis down one nothing for MVP might still be a better price than the Bucks down one nothing for the series. So I think Giannis is still, if you really believe the Bucks. If you just believe in him coming back and the Bucks winning, I think Giannis for MVP is a good proxy for it. It's not a clean one because obviously it could go to somebody else, but I think that's the creative way to bet it. I did skip yeah. one Phoenix Sun, and that's why I got a little confused because I'm like, wait, there's no other Phoenix Sun between the single-digit guys and the triple-digit? DeAndre Ayton, 20-1. to 1. There is no Giannis. Uh, as far as we know in Game 1, doubtful? I don't know, but if you figure Giannis isn't playing, is DeAndre Ayton a sneaky 20-1 to 1 MVP bet on the Sun side? Or did you see enough of Monty Williams not focusing on Aiton going up against a Zubots-less Clippers team to, to not want to bet that? Yeah, I can't do it. If the if the Suns win, it's Paul or Booker. It has to be. Has Probably to be. Chris Paul. Okay. All right. All right, Dano. That was very honest of you. you were I was, yeah. Him. Well, I, uh, I heard the music coming, so I went with the quick hitter. <laughs> That's okay. The music's just sweeping you up. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> Thank you for being so flexible this morning. Dan Vespers, everybody. Best audio in the business. Dano, probably one more of these next week, okay? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Okay. Thanks. Don't sound so excited. Uh, coming back, we will uh, we'll talk to Paul Spohr, DFS, for the day. Uh, we'll also talk to Paul Carr about uh, Euro Cup 2020 and maybe Brady Cannon, if he meanders in here, about the match four on Visa, the Sports Betting Network, a numbers game.
As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Numbers Game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Thanks for uh, tuning in uh, this morning. Still to come, Paul Carr, DFS, baseball, and uh, oh, the plight of the Cubs. If only he had seen that coming. (laughs) She did verbatim a couple weeks ago on the show. Uh, And then uh, Paul Carr, Euro 2020, he's got thoughts. By the way, Paul Carr, big Kansas City Royals fan, Texted me that he when I get when I said out loud to Borchard, I was like, "Hey, um, do you know who the worst first inning pitcher is in all of baseball this year?" He was shouting Brad Keller at his uh, at his radio, so uh, he knew because he had uh, he had seen Brad Keller with his own eyes do terrible things. By the way, uh, John Ewing over there also at BetMGM saying NBA Finals MVP betting the line movement uh, CP3 at one point you could get him at forty to one. Do you know when the 40 to 1 was, Jason? Do you have any idea about when you could get CP3 at 40 to 1? Whenever they opened that market, whenever that was, you get CP3 at 40 to 1 to win MVP, now plus 140. Booker opened at 40 to 1. Uh, now he is plus 275. Giannis 10 to 1, now plus 350. I'm going to guess this is before the postseason. That's my guess on that, but I'm just guessing. Uh, highest ticket percentage, CP3, 16%. Booker, 14%. Giannis, 8%. Biggest liabilities. Hey, what do you know? CP3, Booker, and Giannis. 
for the folks over at MGM. Thank you to John Ewing again for that information. We do get tweets at Beating the Book. Always appreciate the feedback. Uh, this is uh, based on our conversation, Todd Wishnev's bad beat when it came to uh, the two-year anniversary of his earthquake WNBA game. Greg V, I lost a bet on a soccer game because they allowed a goal that deflected off a beach ball into the net. And then the gentleman who uh, who was the one who was challenging Todd on his earthquake to beat his family was taken hostage situation actually walked us through that. He said, so I had, uh, so I had a bet. His name is Logic, or his Twitter handle, and he was Logic3227. I doubt that's his actual name. Uh, he says, so I had a bet on PSG. First half, they're playing great, dominating. I'm watching it on my tablet, and the feed is German or something, so I have no idea what they're saying. But a PSG official goes down to the field and talks to the manager, and next thing I see is the, is the manager and Angel Di Maria leave the building. Suddenly, PSG starts playing horrible and loses. It wasn't until hours later I hear that his family was being held hostage, and the team said they didn't even care about the game after that. Yeah, that's probably the worst thing I've ever heard. Hope the family was okay, by the way. Should really follow up on that. Uh, SQ, this is a frustration of, uh, oh, no, the SQ, say, compliment for Todd Wishnam. Again, great entertainment, Todd, with Gil. When are you going back to Las Vegas? Um, you need a show. Joey D, this is the frustration of gamblers. These are all on uh, beating the book on Twitter. I always appreciate the uh, feedback. Young Joseph 25, Joey D, he says, well, I've had enough of Jabour. Can't win on her, can't win against her. We all have someone like that in certain sports where we just can't get them right no matter what we do. There was, this was a baseball pitcher. People will remember Irvin Santana. He was my kryptonite. Whenever I pitched, whenever I bet on him, he would get shelled. Whenever I would bet against him, he was Cy Young. Um, okay. And then uh, Mickey Moran, great to hear the capo de capo of betting uh, on the show, Gil. Not sure what that, what that meant, but thank you. I think that's a good thing. All right. Uh, the only other thing going on betting-wise today that we haven't covered uh, is, is the match four, for goodness sakes. Uh, this is all through, like, DraftKings has a pretty good menu on this for the match four. This, in case you're wondering, what's the match four? It's the uh, it's the Aaron Rodgers Bryson Bryson DeChambeau versus Tom Brady Phil Mickelson golf match today, which is again very curiously scheduled, middle of the week randomly on a on a Tuesday, and on then the Pacific time zone where we have this starts at two p.m. Is that true? Two p.m. Pacific today is that when that starts? Um, that's not fun. That's not fun at all. But uh, right now the line minus one seventy seven on DeChambeau. And Aaron Rodgers, plus 130 back on Mickelson and Brady over their DraftKings. They've got match play props. Uh, they have whole specials. They have a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, I will just be honest with you. I will tell you when I'm betting something. I will tell you when I'm not. Obviously, betting uh, on tennis this morning all throughout. Uh, I'm not touching this. Not touching it at all. I'm sure it will be entertaining for some. And uh, Stephanie, uh, Michael Lombardi's producer, I think said it most accurately. Perhaps the most interesting thing to come from this could be everyone else sort of nudging Aaron Rodgers to give some kind of intel. Uh, 2 p.m. on TNT. Thank you, Jason. Um, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. Perhaps the other guy's nudging Aaron Rodgers to try to give a tell or some information as to what his plans are next year in the NFL. Other than that, uh, the only thing interesting will be, I think it's the 17th hole, is the par 5, 777-yard hole that's downhill so Bryson DeChambeau should be able with the downhill and the thin air up there in Montana, he should be able to knock that at least 450 
down the freeway. We were talking about down the freeway, down the, uh, down the fairway. We were talking about this on uh, primetime action last night. 450 minimum, one would think. So look for props on that. That should be interesting. But I'm not making a bet on either side. Not sure how much of it I'll watch, quite frankly. Sometimes the best bets are the bets not made. That will be a bet not made for me. Paul Spore coming back, DFS, and more on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. This summer, it's time to update your sports betting wardrobe with some new VEASAN gear. We've got hats, shirts, and mugs with the VEASAN logo or fun sports betting sayings like cash and tickets is what it's all about, and it's not under till it's over. Visit the VEASAN store today at VEASAN.com slash store and find the perfect item for yourself or as a gift. That's VEASAN.com slash store. whole bunch of numbers game items in there as well. Maybe I'll start uh, modeling those later in the week. Just one T-shirt after another. Just a cavalcade of VEASAN store stuff. Um, okay, a couple clarifications. Well, one, Hunter, Dick- Hunter Dickinson from Michigan, 7-1 center, out of DeMatha High School, Hyattsville, Maryland. Shout out to the Stags. He's staying at Michigan. So that's big for the Wolverines. And it's not like he was going to be a, one of the top picks of the draft anyway. So that's probably a good move uh, for Hunter Dickinson to uh, stay behind. Uh, a couple clarifications. One, I was correct. Those MVP odds, the shift in price was from before the playoffs to current. So CP3 from 40, what did I say, 40 to 1 to uh, plus 145. All of those were from uh, before the postseason to current. And then uh, when I was talking about Irvin Santana, uh, yes, I know he's back in. He's back with the Royals now these days. The ageless Irvin Santana. But I was talking about betting him back in the day when he was a uh, frontline starter year after year after year. It's just like I could never get a guy like that right. Uh, Let's bring him in, ladies and gentlemen, from uh, Fangraphs, the host of the Sleeper in the Bust podcast, and, of course, his own Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Spore. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Paul Spore. How you doing, Paulie? Gil, I'm well. How are you? I'm doing very well. You sent me a text yesterday, which I found amusing, which is if <laughs> it was something to the effect of, if only we could have seen this coming from the Cubs. And I believe I said, Gee. I remember someone saying something about this. <laughs> yeah. I said, who could have seen this coming yes. from the Cubs? Yes. Who could have seen this coming? Uh, r- remind people what it is that you saw in the Cubs in this coming about them. Horrible pitching. And uh, I, I just, listen, I, I know I, I kind of beat that drum a lot. Um, even last year too, and then they won the division. And I got to be honest, you know, um, I felt vindicated when they lost in the playoffs because I just I, and I truly didn't believe that that team would have held over the course of a full season. I'm not like anti-Cubby. I don't. I've never had this like bend against the Cubs my whole life or anything like that. It's just the odds were, were with them this year, and and people were picking them. And I'm like, I, what are we seeing here that I'm not that I, what am I missing? Right. So they get out to a hot lead already, and then I'm like, okay, well. Am I wrong again? Are they going to win the division again, but a full season division to make me look like an idiot? No, I'm staying the course. And you know, I mentioned every week that I still don't believe in them. I've talked about the Reds and Brewers and then they melted down here. Now, obviously it all kind of came in one fell swoop in the course of like a, a, a losing streak to get back to where they belong, but this is where they, they're not that good. They're just not that good. The bullpen is better than I thought because Kimbrell is a stud and Tapera is a great uh, secondary punch to go with them. Chafin, a nice lefty there, but the rotation, you know, outside of Hendricks, I just can't really buy into it. Alzale is inconsistent. I like him, but he's a young pitcher who's inconsistent. Davies was never going to be as good as last year. He's been back on track from his early struggles, but, um, 
And then the offense just hasn't been picking up their end because that's the one part that was supposed to be the carrying tool for them, so to speak. So, yeah, I, I've been out on this Cubs team all year, and and to kind of have them back where I feel feel they belong, I uh, – I, I, I'm gloating a little bit. I'm sorry. Now, when they go on an eight-game winning streak, I'm <laughs> yeah, sure I'll be flooded on Twitter like, oh, what are you saying now, nerd? Yeah, nerd. <laughs> Throw nerd in at the end. Cubs, by the way, losers of 10 in a row, gave up a six spot to the Phillies of the eighth yesterday, three more in the ninth, losing 13-3. Uh, to They're 42-43. and 43. They're eight and a half back of the Brewers. The Reds, your Reds in between, by the way, only six back of the Brewers. Brewers with the biggest division lead, uh, of anyone. No, the no, White I Sox don't... and Indians also six games now. So, uh, you know, it, but it gets back to, you know, trade deadline. Like, mm-hmm. let's say the Cubs just kind of are right around a magnet to 500 right around then, uh, right around the trade deadline. Let's say they're right around eight games back. Do you think they'll see it the way you do? Or do you think they'll be like, nope, we can still do it this year? No. No, they'll see it. They'll see it the way I do, and I'm not saying that to be arrogant. I think because they've already shown that they feel that way based on their their offseason moves, that they're not really interested in in making this team. Like they pretended that they cried poor. Uh, the Chicago Cubs cried poor, and yeah. they didn't really try to make any any stabilizing moves coming into this year. So I don't think it would necessarily change at the break, especially on the heels of such a disastrous run. So no, I really don't. I think they might make some moves around the edges, but they also don't have a very good system to dip into. So they're going to have to do some like uh, rental players and some like, you know, a, a couple arms here or something. But I don't think there's a big splash for them to make based on the way they see the thing. Uh, they, they see this thing too. So no, I don't think they make a big move. Yeah. One way or the other, you can't imagine some of the key cogs from the World Series championship team of 2016 uh, lasting too much longer. The Bryants and the Rizzos of the world. Uh, certainly Bryant, who has been rumored to have yeah. left you know, many times already, still there. If the losing continues, then then it's it's high time to trade him. I, yeah. I felt like based on what they did this offseason and, and the lack of effort that they put in, I thought they should have traded him before the season, get something bigger because you're giving somebody a full year. Washington always felt like a great fit. I know that's kind of the popular one, Uh, but yeah, if they continue this skid and maybe the Cardinals leapfrog them, Brian's gone a hundred percent. There's, there'd be no way they would keep him in for those last couple months. All right. I didn't mean to make it all about the Cubbies. No, no, no. Sorry. Yeah, no, but I, I was like it. I was like the random spore text on stuff like that where I'm like, what's he talking about? Oh yeah. Uh, Okay. Big card today. With aces abounding, uh, you got your uh, you got your Degroms, you got your Rodons, you got your Otanis. We'll see what he comes back with uh, against the Ivaldi today. Uh, how do you play this DFS wise? Yeah, you know, you know, I like to get one of those stud pitchers there. So I'm a, I'm a DraftKings guy, so I go with the two pitcher setup there, so I can get a stud and then kind of gamble somewhere in the middle or back end there. I, I'm having a hard time giving up on Tony Gonsolin. I know he's walking everybody right now, but he gets the Marlins. That offense is not particularly scary. So you pair him with a stud, and that's pretty affordable. Luis Castillo still only at 8,500 on DraftKings going against the Royals, and he's really back on track of late. So I think him with an ace is pretty nice. Um, you know, and again, the aces to choose from. You mentioned a bunch of guys. There's also Framber Valdez, who's been pitching brilliantly. Um, Ian Anderson against Pittsburgh. I know they lost to Pittsburgh yesterday. I'd be really surprised if they get beat up twice in a row by Pittsburgh. So I think he's a good pick there too. So yeah, I'm definitely going with high pitching. Uh, I want to have some big pitching there. And I know Pablo Lopez is down to 7,700 against the Dodgers because it's the Dodgers. 
That might be an interesting pivot, though, because it is at home, and I, I, I wonder, I wonder how he's feeling after that BS ejection. I thought that ejection was complete garbage there, making the Marlins pay for the sins of Jose Urania, who's not even there anymore. I, I think that's insane, especially because Snitker basically forced it. So I go with big pitching, and then stack your hitting all over the place. There's no cores this week, so uh, if anything, go against the uh, the Rockies and pitch Merrill Kelly too. Okay. Very thorough. Uh, always appreciate it. And Paul, uh, tomorrow you, me, and Jason are uh, our midseason podcast. Vaskersian uh, didn't get back to me, so you know I'm not sure he's going to be there. But <laughs> you two, anyway, we'll do that tomorrow. We'll look back at our predictions from the be- beginning of the season, and we'll make fun of ourselves. How about that? That sounds great. I love making fun of myself. Paul Sporer, everybody. Thank you, Paulie. Always appreciate it. Uh, Sporer. What is it? No, it's uh, twitch.tv slash Sporer. Thank you very much to watch him. Uh, all the time playing his uh, games over there uh, on the Twitch. How old do I sound when I say on the Twitch? <laughs> At Sport, you can follow him on Twitter. Coming back, Paul Carr, Euro 2020, next on Visa. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.
Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Discover BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today and win $100 if you place a $1 wager on any NBA Finals game and either team hits a three-pointer regardless of your bet's outcome. Just one three. Just one. Either team. Doesn't matter. Simply use bonus code VEASAN100 when you place your first bet. Then enjoy the finals more than ever with BetMGM. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, in Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789 in Indiana. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Skill Alexander, uh, ladies and gentlemen, he is back with us because Euro 2020, the semis are back with us. We bring him in from Topeka, Kansas, the host of the Expected Value Podcast, wherever podcasts are distributed. It's Paul Carr. How you doing, Paulie? I'm well. I survived the 4th of July weekend, did not have any major injuries from blowing stuff up, so very happy. That's not even a joke anymore, <laughs> is it? I mean, just no. it, you, let me just say this. That's the thing about fireworks. Matt Brown, who's my co-host on uh, Primetime Action, he said it best. He goes, for the, the small amount of enjoyment he gets for fireworks— just the amount that it freaks out his dogs, right? Puts his dogs in terror, isn't isn't worth it. And then there is the accident, sadly, some tragic, as we know, uh, that happened. But I will I will say this, all that being said, the fireworks here in Vegas, uh, all over the strip the other night, the, fi- the finest fireworks I've ever seen in my life. So just good wanna, stuff. Yeah, good stuff. That's your fireworks update, everybody, on the show. Um, okay, first thing. When I was doing the uh, first innings with uh, Mark Borchard earlier, you were listening. <laughs> and when I threw it out to him for like a brief second, because I was like, there's no way you're going to get this. Who's the worst first inning pitcher in baseball this year? You were you were shouting Brad Keller. Yes. You got it right. Yes. I was like, it has to be Brad Keller. How did you I know mean, that? I mean, any hardcore Royals fans just like, you just got to get through the first inning. You got to get through the first inning. Because I think his ERA <laughs> is like 10 in the first inning. Um, <laughs> I, and my first game back at Kaufman was about three weeks ago, you know, very excited. Hadn't been there in you know, almost two years. Uh, sit down. Keller hits Robbie Grossman with the first pitch. The first four guys get on base, gives up four in the first, and the Royals were never in it. It was still a great night, but you're just like, oh, well, there we go. So, yeah, yeah Brad Keller was, I, I didn't know for sure, but I knew he's been terrible in the first inning all season. I love it. When I do stuff like that, I'm glad, I am just I just want there to know there's one person out there that's going to get the answer right on that. Good yeah. for you. Um, okay. The other thing is, yesterday I got into this, and I was, I was, made aware and i think correctly so by a listener you gotta you gotta be careful with some of this stuff because some of these are golden boot markets and some of these are top goal scorer markets so for anybody who wants to get on this before the semis begins today that is such a key point because golden boot has tiebreakers involved top goal scorer would not yeah yeah we've We've generally talked about golden boot, and I think that's what most books have to literally call it the golden boot winner. Yeah, because that is a black and white thing. It is, uh, you know, FIFA or UEFA or whatever, whoever's running the tournament gives the winner a trophy and they usually have a series of tiebreakers. In UEFA's case, it's assists and fewer minutes. I think they go to qualifying goals if it gets that far. Uh, but there is always one winner and that's, you know, there's no subjectivity on that. Uh, top goal score. Yeah, it's a little different if it's just, you know. And you got to know what you're betting, of course. But if it's just who had the most goals at the tournament, that's a very different thing because uh, it doesn't factor in the tiebreakers. It uh, can probably have ties. This is where you got to know, you, you know how your book pays out. Like I had a Premier League Golden Book 
or a golden boot winner on Obama Yang a couple years ago. I and remember. the Premier League does not break ties. So I think I, I want to say I bet it at six or seven to one, and I got paid out at three or three and a half to one because uh, that's how my book did it when there was a two-way tie. So, uh, yeah, got to know what you're betting. Got to know what the payoff is because I think the top goal scorer numbers are like plus 175 for Ronaldo and Schick, who each have five right now. Yes. Which, if they only pay out half, doesn't make a lot of sense. And that, that's an if, you know, I don't know how this book handles things, but that wouldn't make any sense because uh, you know, there's a chance that they can win. It's likely, but it's not locked in. And then you only get paid, you know, even money, a little less than that if you're playing 175 right now. Well, and you could have Kane end up at uh, at, right. at five goals also. Right. Much more easily be a three or four way tie. Well, let me, let me talk about the golden boot real quick then. So, because I, I was throwing this around yesterday. So Kane's at three, by the way, uh, Ronaldo, the leader in the clubhouse for golden boot, five goals, one assist. Um, Schick has five goals, but he doesn't have an assist, so he's bounced from Golden Boot. Can't be yep, him. Um, and he's out. Germany's out. Kane has three. Raheem Sterling has three, both for England. England favorites over Denmark tomorrow. So England faces the prospect of playing not just one, but two more games. The thing with Kane is no assists for him, none for right. Sterling. But the thing with Kane is he gets the PKs. And yeah. so... If he could get three goals in two games, that's not the nuttiest thing in the world. Would nope. you make a bet on him? I probably wouldn't just because I, I think I like Denmark more than most against England, but I I don't think it's unreasonable to play Kane at eight to one or even Sterling at 10 to one. But yeah, I think Kane at eight to one would be the play just because he takes penalties. Uh, you know, just in general, he's more likely to score, <clears throat> excuse me, score than Sterling and, or get three goals out of it. So yeah. Kane is, I think, the way to go if you want. I'm not going to. Uh, and also remember, there's no third place game, so they have to beat Denmark pretty much. Right. Uh, for him to get, they have to beat him to get two games in and make it much more likely to get three goals. Okay. So, and then the Kane thing would apply to both a Golden Boot or a top goal scorer market. Yep. Golden Boot specifically, because I brought this up yesterday. So again, the first tiebreaker is assists. The second tiebreaker is fewest minutes played. And by the way, I went through the third, fourth, and fifth tiebreaker, and it's just comical if it like if it kept going. They played the exact same minutes. What's next? And it has to do right. with like red and yellow cards and qualifying and all kinds qualifying of qualifying goals and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but there is there is one guy who plays for Spain, and this will segue nicely now into our Italy Spain handicap for today because there's one semi today, one semi tomorrow. Italy Spain is today, uh, but Pablo Sarabia who plays for Spain, he has two goals and two assists. So he would need three right. goals, and then he would win the tiebreaker over Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, but this would come down to whether you think, first of all, Spain has a shot to get by Italy and have right. a second game so that he could actually have the time to perhaps get three goals, which is still he's not a guy that you would necessarily gravitate towards as, oh, right. a big striker. Um, but that's an interesting thing, that he would have the tiebreaker anyway. Where do yep. you come down on Italy, Spain? And maybe that answer will uh, will yeah. you know come from that. Yeah, right. let's start my... My play in Italy, Spain is over two and a half goals. Uh, the price for me is at plus 130. Uh, I know the semis and finals, they can tend to be a little bit cagey, low scoring, but the way that both of these teams have played throughout the tournament, you know, they, they press pretty high up the field. Uh, they're trying to get those turnovers and, and quick strikes. And so I think just the way they both play will lead to lots of opportunities for both. We've seen Spain through the whole tournament have plenty of chances. I think four of their five games have had at least two and a half goals, expected goals rather, uh, in regulation. All five Italy games have had at least three goals, although one of those had to get the extra time to get there. So that you know, doesn't count for the purposes of this bet. So I just think there's going to be a lot of transition moments 
And, you know, Spain's transition defense hasn't been great. That plays into Italy's hands. So I, I ju just feel like this game should open up, uh, especially, you know, you get a goal early and both teams are going to have to go for it or one way or the other a little bit more. So I like over two and a half. I like it in plus money, plus 130. Over price. two and a half plus 130. Always shop around for the best price. That one is uh, quoted from William Hill. That's not the only way you're betting this, though. Yeah, I've got a smaller play on Italy to advance. Just think about this more and more. Like the Spain has struggled in this knockout stage, as we've seen. They've gone to extra time uh, a couple times. They struggled to break down Switzerland defensively. They struggled when Croatia started pressing Spain at the very end, and then Croatia caught them in those transition moments. And both of those things that Spain struggled with are things that Italy does really well. Uh, Italy has a strong defense, as their reputation uh, has been for decades, and it, it's still there, even though they're playing a more attacking uh, appealing style at this tournament and they're good at those transition minutes that's how they moments rather that's how they've gotten some of their goals it's a quick few quick passes off a turnover in the attacking half and turn that into a scoring opportunity so i, I like italy to advance i played them at minus 135 to advance that means get through any means necessary extra time penalties or whatever uh, I, I think there's a little better than spain top to bottom uh, they've got uh, the ability up top they've got the defense they will. They are missing uh, Spinazzola, their left winger, who is out with, I think it was an Achilles injury. So they're going to miss him. But I think they've got enough pieces and just strength kind of on both sides of the ball to that they're, you know, a decent favorite against Spain. They get through, you know, 60% of the time here. Okay. So then if you like Italy to get through, then let's knock out the Sarabia question and let's, yeah. let's turn that to Immobile of Italy, who has two goals and one assist, getting back to the whole golden boot thing. And um, I'm looking to see here, what is uh, Immobile in terms of the number? Hmm. It was 30-something to one, or it might have been higher yeah, than that by top, now. Top goal scorer. I'm not seeing what he's listed at here, top Let's goal see. scorer. I got, uh, I got him here. Will Hill has him at 50 to one. 50 right to now. one. I mean, is that worth it, or is that just, you know, you're just taking a shot there? I don't think so. Um, yeah. You have to make sure he's starting this game. That he hasn't too. started every game, so that's that's a, a big question. Is he going to actually you know start and play 90 plus minutes or something along those lines? So I don't think so. He's got to get three. Uh, yeah, just not enough guarantee of playing time and just the kind of the style it is Italy's been playing. The the shots and the wealth have been spread around a little bit. So 50 to one. I mean, look, it's 50 to one. You can almost always justify some sort of flyer like that, but sure. it's not something I'm looking to play. Last thing, anybody who uh, is landing here now and they're like, "Oh, great, Euro 2020." I had no idea. There's four teams left. Um, maybe I maybe I want to jump in and, and bet one of these to win it all at this point. Is there any value at this point? Would you I say? I don't think so. You could you could skin a little bit of value out of Denmark. Maybe like Denmark's at nine to one to win the tournament. They're about plus two thirty to advance against England, and they'll probably be similar uh, in the final if they were to make it against Spain or Italy. So yeah, I mean, there's a tiny bit of value there. Uh, in Denmark, especially if you like them a lot, but you know it's it's going to be so close to nine to one, where if you were to just play those two games separately, that yeah, I'm not sure it's worth taking a flyer there. It just feels like an England tournament to me, man. England with a home game at Wembley and the semis tomorrow, which we'll yeah. talk about tomorrow, and then if they win that, the finals at Wembley as well. Yep. Um, how how often do you remember that happening in recent history? By the way. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Uh, off the top of my head, I mean, the last couple of Euros have been in, you know, Ukraine and Poland yeah. and non-traditional powers. Right. Austria, Switzerland, so not so much. I mean, Germany made a run to the semis in the 06 World Cup. Brazil made the semis in the 14 World Cup before Germany dismantled them. So, yeah, I think it just kind of goes with, you know, is it in a good country? Then they've yeah. got a pretty good shot. Then they got a shot at it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we shall see. We'll get to that game tomorrow. But uh, Italy to advance, and you like the over. 
plus two yep. and a, uh, plus one thirty, two and a half today. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. All talk, right. We'll talk tomorrow. tomorrow. Paul Carr, everybody. At Paul C A R R on Twitter. Good luck with all your bets. Ben Wilson hosting Lombardi Line next. It is my honor to lead into Ben Wilson right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. I. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.